solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for USA Today, Texans Wire, Cody Davis, along with my co-host. He who has no name. Some sports guy. Nice, John. Some sports guy, Hickman. I'm back. I've been watching Harry Potter, so he who has no name. You guys may know that as Baltimore. But you know me as some sports guy, like I said. Happy to be back with you guys for our second show. Want to let you guys know about Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more weekday Every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. For today's show, we heard from new Texan safety coach Greg Jackson about Justin Reed. So that's a very fun conversation we wanted to get into today. Also, Tua Tagovailoa is struggling in Miami's OTAs. Does that mean anything for the Houston Texans? And lastly, it's always the ones that are closest to you that hurt you the most. But first, safeties coach Greg Jackson, who was brought in uh, along with James Campen, amongst other guys that were new to the coaching staff for this year. Uh, we, we heard from him about Justin Reed and his comments on Justin Reed was pretty simple. He just evaluated him from last season. Uh, what he went on to say was when I watched the tape, the first thing I thought about is he's thinking too much and he's just not playing football. He continued with, when I say that, I say he's making a lot of different checks, communicating with different guys, rather than just trying to focus on playing free safety, playing the free safety position, which is just looking at the formations, looking at tendencies out on the field, following the quarterback. And I agree. And before I continue with, you know, my thoughts on that, Jackson does believe Reed will excel in this Tampa 2 scheme because of what? The simplicity of the defense. And I believe that whether or not this defense will be competitive or whether or not this defense will improve from the previous year, I think it hangs in the balance of how simple the job is for the players that are going to be on the field. Uh, Last season, Anthony Weaver really wanted to create this quote-unquote exotic defense. And you know what? He just didn't have the players for it. Had older players, younger players, a mix of guys that were too much out of their time to pass their time. And then you have guys that are still trying to learn the NFL. So when we look at what Justin Reed can possibly do in the Tampa 2 defense, he's absolutely right. It will simplify things for the entire defense, which will make everybody else's job around Reed easier. And with me saying that, I think Lonnie Johnson would benefit the most from it especially coming into a full off season of playing safety in the league for the first time. You know, he came into the league as a corner last season that had him doing a bunch of things. Now he will be the full-time safety, strong safety for Houston. And so that'll make his job easier. And if his job is easier, one point that you made a few shows back was, you know, Reed has had issues in the league since his rookie year because of his running mate. And when you said that, I was just like, you know, I never thought of it like that. 
So now we are expecting Lonnie Johnson to get better. And if he's playing and holding down, if he's playing better and holding down his side of the ball, then I believe Justin Reed will actually have one of those bounce back years. To Greg Jackson's point, there was a stretch of games uh, last season where we took on the Panthers, took on the Patriots, and, and, and I can't remember the other team that the Texans. Oh, the Lions. That, that, that you know, Thanksgiving stretch. And uh, we, we saw a different version of Reed. And I think that's because we saw a different version of the entire defense. Everybody was playing better because, you know, it looked like guys just were able to go out there and focus on one thing. Now, when you're getting a full offseason of simplicity, I think Reed will be in a better position for this team. Hey, and, and I'll tell you this, if Reed is healthy and if he's playing better, then the entire back end of the defense will be better. How much better? I'm not sure. But I'll tell you what, do I think this secondary will be better without uh, Vernon Hargraves getting a lot of playing time, Philip Gaines getting the amount of playing time that they got last year? Absolutely. You brought in Terrence Mitchell, brought in Terrence Brooks. Like I just mentioned, we are expecting a better year from Lonnie, uh, Lonnie Johnson. So his evaluation of, of Justin Reed, and I'm speaking about Greg Jackson, his evaluation of Justin Reed was very accurate because I think it was an evaluation of Reed and the entire secondary. I'm a little bit torn about Greg Jackson's assessment of Justin Reed. First and foremost, I do agree with you and Jackson that all of us are expecting a big year from Justin Reed. First and foremost, he is going into a contract season. And not only that, we all are expecting Reed to have a bounce back season because last year, like the Houston Texans in general, unless your name was Deshaun Watson, Everybody experienced a down year. And not only that, you also got to take into consideration that Lonnie Johnson got hurt. However, what I would say, and I wrote about this over at USA Today Texans Wire, that Jackson doesn't want Justin Reed to be a pass rusher this season or someone who can actually help out in a pass rush game. And that was actually a little bit concerning because, John, those three games that you just finished talking about, that was the best version of Justin Reed that we saw since his rookie season. And when Anthony Weaver changed up the defense midseason and everybody was getting on him about the Texans inability to stop the run one of the changes that he made he allowed Justin Reed to play a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage to help out with the pass rush and it and as a result Justin Reed recorded not one but two of the first sacks of his career and in comparison to what Jackson wants to do as the safety coach he wants Justin Reed to focus more on creating turnovers, i.e. to focus more on gathering interceptions. And I understand that to a certain extent because that is the same exact words that we heard from the Texans' new defensive coordinator in Lovey Smith. However, Jackson will be doing Reed a disservice if he does not let this guy help out in a pass rush like i mentioned last year we saw the best version of reed in those three games of course the addition of pairing him alongside lonnie johnson jr played a huge factor in that but 
Reed has somewhat of an untapped potential as someone who can help out on a line of scrimmage, and that is something that Jackson should tap into as well. I'm expecting a big year for Justin Reed, but that has to be a point of emphasis. Well, one of the points of emphasis for Jackson for this upcoming season in order to get the best version of Justin Reed. I will say this. I don't think it's untapped. I think he is. I think he has an ability to change the game for this defense uh, with his defensive presence getting after the quarterback. I think he can, whether it's actually getting the sack physically or just moving the quarterback off his game a little bit for somebody else to make a play. Also for your Deshaun Watson, everybody else has had a down year. If we're sticking to the defense, we cannot forget Charles Omanehu and Jacob Martin and their limited playing time. Uh, especially for Jacob Martin. They still had a very decent year. And uh, just like we're talking about Justin Reed having a better year, I think Charles Omane who have a better year. And I'm very interested to see, and we talked about this with the Merciless, what this team does uh, with the defensive end spot with Jacob Martin moving forward. But to get back to the Justin Reed point, I do believe that if he's in a better position with the teammates around him, we will get a better version of Justin Reed, one we've been waiting for for the last couple of years due to injury and the lack of talent around him. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50 or even 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG 1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost $353.99 at Advance, a big chain store. But it only cost $216.79 at rockauto.com. Chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and it does not require a membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And continuing with this latest installment of Locked On Texans, John and listeners, I wanted to take a look at the struggles that is going on with the Miami Dolphins, mandatory OTAs, and talk about the possibility of whether or not that would lead to the Dolphins calling up the Houston Texans to rekindle their talks about a potential trade for Deshaun Watson. And I wanted to bring this up because first and foremost, everyone knows that the Miami Dolphins prior to Watson's legal situation, the Dolphins were one of eight teams who were interested in trading for Deshaun. 
And with the legal situation that's going on now, they are one of a few teams who kind of took a step back and say, you know what, Deshaun, you know what, Texans, we're going to let you guys handle this situation first before we start talking about a trade again. However, on Tuesday, the Dolphins held their first mandatory practice. And the struggles that went on might result in them panicking a little bit and saying to themselves, we might have to start pursuing Deshaun Watson earlier than we expected. And when I talk about the struggles and the drama that is going on in the 305, first and foremost, I want to start off with the struggles. And of course, the struggles revolves around Tua. During the first day of mandatory OTA practice on Tuesday, Tua threw a total of five interceptions. Now, let me be the first one to say that anyone could look at this two separate ways you could look at this and say it's not a big deal then you could look at this and say it is a big deal first and foremost starting off with why it's not a big deal Tua was actually encouraged by his coaching staff to be aggressive throw the ball downfield and that could be a reason why that resulted in him throwing five interceptions because we all know that Tua is not that much of a deep ball threat quarterback not only that he spent the majority of the first day of mandatory OTAs trying to develop that chemistry with his two new receivers in Will Fuller and Jayla Waddle. And of course, he is trying to learn a whole new playbook with the coaching staff and knowing that this is going to be the first full season that he has as the undeniable starting quarterback. He is learning the playbook uh, and a playbook that has been revamped in the 305. And of course, you have to talk about the weather. From the reports that I saw, the Dolphins had to run their practice in terrible weather conditions. So much so, we did not get too much of everything that went on during OTAs on yesterday because the weather got worse and it encouraged the Dolphins to hold day two of mandatory OTAs inside the bubble. And for you guys, guys who don't know due to COVID restrictions by the league anytime there is a practice that will be taking place inside as of right now media members are not able to watch so that is why Tua throwing five interceptions is not a big deal however on the flip side of that Regardless of everything that I just said, John and listeners, I do not see a situation where the Dolphins could be evaluating this and saying to themselves, this is not a big deal to them because your potential starting quarterback, regardless of the weather situation, regardless of the playbook, regardless of the new wide receivers that you are trying to develop this camaraderie and chemistry with, he still threw five interceptions. And I also want to mention he did so in a miss on seven on seven drills that did not involve Tua being rushed by a pass rusher. That could be a little bit alarming to the Dolphins. And I also want to mention when it was time for Jacoby Brissett to step in and get his reps in, he also threw two interceptions. So in total, that very first day of voluntary minicamp, the Dolphins had to sit and watch their quarterbacks throw not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but seven interceptions. So that is the struggles that's going on in Miami. The drama, Xavier Howard, arguably the best cornerback in the game today. I see what you're doing. He's holding out. I see what you're doing. He wants a new contract. And he has not participated in any of Miami's 
off-season workouts. I would not be surprised if we start hearing rumors and rumblings that the Dolphins have shifted their focus back to Deshaun because at the end of the day, let's be real about the situation. Miami is a dark horse to come out of the AFC. And the only thing that's holding them back as of June 17, 2021 is the quarterback situation. Let me say this, though. Like, both teams are in a position where we can still find out because Deshaun ain't moving no time soon. I read an article on whether or not the NFL should step in and force Houston to make a decision. I'm not sure if that'll happen because we haven't heard anything from the NFL. We actually haven't heard much from this case in weeks now. But do we think Deshaun Watson, and I'm, I, I was one of the bigger guys saying, like, I think he'd be gone by June and there's still chance. But do we think Deshaun Watson will be moved soon? Not necessarily sure. We just heard from Kareem Jackson, who mentioned uh, the Denver Broncos, that Deshaun wants to go to Denver. Philadelphia Eagles are still all in on him. Houston does not have to make a move for an entire football year. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, given what's going on with Xavier Howard, given with their situation with a quarterback, specifically with Tua Tugovalova, like given their issues, they still have an entire year to figure this thing out. Because the one thing you don't want to do is rush it. But if I'm Miami, I don't think there's a rush trading for Deshaun Watson. Like, you know what you're getting. The cautious thing about it is, like, if Xavier Howard won a new contract, he's going to have to wait a year. If he's traded to Houston, they're not going to redo his contract immediately. Uh, he will he will have to wait a year, I think so. But when we look at this situation with Tua struggling as bad as he was in OTAs and Houston's quarterback situation, both sides would immediately benefit from the from the other team. They're just going to have to wait a year. Within that year, to your point, Miami went ten and six last year, missed the playoffs. You know. There were games last year where you you said to yourself, you could have said to yourself, if they just had some type of consistent quarterback play, whether they were switching out Fitzpatrick into a took of a lower or whether Fitzpatrick's juice just ran out. Like there were moments where you felt like they could actually win one more game and make it to the playoffs. Does this team has the patience to wait another year or two? Uh, I don't think Miami does. Miami has been bad for a very long time. They had that very great season where they went 11 and 5 the 2008 year when they broke out the Wildcat and ran through all over the Patriots and ran through all over the league. But after that, Miami has won one game a couple of times in the season. Like they have been a bad franchise for a better part of over a decade. They're ready to win 10 and 6 last year. Brian Flores. Hell of a coach, coached up his young guys, coached up his entire team. Everybody bought in after his first year. If you can make that change, you will. The only problem is the change won't be made. Now, I'm, the reality is setting in for me. Like, I don't think it's going to be a trade in this June, but the change won't be made until another year. By the way, Deshaun won't get disposed until another year. So we'll see how that's going to play out. But I do think Xavier and Howard would probably be a player in the trade package that's better than any other player, any other team Philly, Denver can offer because he's already an established corner. We just talked about Justin Reed having to do a lot of people's job. You get Xavier Howard over here, bring him back home, that could be big. It's still going to have to waste some time, though. 
But John, one thing you failed to mention, what did I just say when talking about the situation? The Miami Dolphins, they are a dark horse to come out of the AFC. And just like you mentioned, last year they went 10-6 and six and missed the playoffs. And the majority of that was due to their quarterback situation. But do you now, think they trade for, for Deshaun now? Because they may not play. We don't know if he's not playing yet. I mean, as of right now, we have yet to hear the NFL say Deshaun Watson will be suspended for X amount of games. And as of right now, as you and I sit here on June 17th, 2021, we know Deshaun is not going to play because he doesn't want to play for the Texans. He he He's going to hold out himself. And I'm looking at this from a standpoint, you take a 10 and 16 and you give them Deshaun Watson. Deshaun is good enough to, to make at least three of those games oh, that yeah. they lost oh, in yeah. two wins. And now you're looking at a if situation. This team, if this team gets better from what they did last year at every position, at every level outside of the quarterback position, hypothetically, Deshaun takes his team three and thirteen. Exactly. Three, three and four. I mean, you know, three, 14 and three or thirteen. Whatever, whatever seventeen whatever, games. Seventeen. Is. Like they win at least thirteen to fourteen games. And I and I a hundred percent agree with you, but I think it's very we're talking a lot of hypotheticals, of course, guys, but I think it's premature for them to pull the trigger on that trade and then have to sit back and wonder whether or not he's actually going to be able to play this year or next year or if this come out and he's guilty of these crimes that he's accused of he ain't gonna play again so like you you you're gonna you're gonna give up a lot for Deshaun just to get nothing in return like absolutely nothing in return outside of if Houston sends you a pick or two but that's that's a hell of a risk for a franchise that has been bad for so long where you may look at it and say, man, we may have to hold out and roll with our boy we just drafted a couple of years ago just in case we don't want to get screwed into this and we're stuck with nothing. The biggest thing that we have been told, if a team trade for Deshaun, it would be at a discounted rate because of everything that you just mentioned. If you are Nick Casario, John, and Miami calls and say, we would give you two first-round draft picks and Xavier Howard or Tua. Would you take one of those deals or you would leave it on the table and say, get at us after the investigation with Deshaun Watson is over? Because think about it. If he's innocent, you get more. But if he's guilty, you get absolutely nothing. And Deshaun goes on to whatever, you know, place he's he belongs doing these heinous crimes it's a great question man like and now am i thinking like myself or am i thinking like nick Syria? You, you thinking like nick you you come from the patriots background what do you do we we in, we in no rush we in no rush however we don't want to cause a distraction that's one thing about it man they do not want to cause a distraction uh, which is what Nick spoke about not too long ago. I would, I would honestly take that. I would take that, would, if would, that if that call was made today. Would you take the one with how? I'm I'm pretty sure you'll take the one with Howard, correct? Not the one with. Two. I would, I would take. Whew, now that's a question. That is a great question. I, I'm because taking Howard. I'm taking Howard. I, I would, I would take Howard, simply because you are still getting 
a top corner in this league. But the problem is, I want you to think about this. The problem is you would still get Tua Tugavaloa on a rookie deal, which means you would still have a lot of money in the next two to three years to improve your team in other areas outside of Howard. You bring him in, even if you don't get the extension done for the immediate 2021-22 season, that deal got to get done the next year. So you look at money and it's kind of like, you know, money-wise, Tua will save us a lot because of his contract. Either way, the Houston Texans would have their pick of the litter whenever it is time to trade Deshaun Watson. And you can have the pick of the litter when you decide to shop with Bill Barr. I love it, man. I'm telling you, nine delicious flavors, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, to say the least. If you haven't tried any flavors, you can pick and look at the flavor options. You can get a mixed box, get two of each of the nine flavors. Bill Bars are the best tasting, but they're also healthy too. 17 grams protein, 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and four grams net carbs. Right now, go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% at BillBar.com. Again, LOCK15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. While you're spending money, I want to give you an opportunity to make you some money with Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. And Cody, I hope Bet Online places some type of prop bet on when the New York Yankees or a player would get busted for some type of cheating scandal, they since won't. they always want to call out the Houston Astros. They won't. But I, yeah, I hope they do. But right now, don't want you to sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance and opportunity to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N. Bet Online is your online sportsbook experts. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Kevin Durant was all the Brooklyn Nets needed. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. This Wilford, man, I, I saw this story and I was like, I got to talk about it. Earlier when we kicked off the show, I, what did I say? I said, it's always the ones that are closest to you that are hurt you the most. If you guys don't remember uh, Vince Wilford, we, we, we were made aware that things were stolen from him, his Super Bowl rings, uh, some of his other things that he had won throughout his career. And it was actually Vince Wilford's son who stole them out of their Friendswood home. He has now been charged with stealing his father's Super Bowl rings, uh, like I said, from Friendswood. But, man, your own son, I have stealing from you. He got a big what, what did you do as a parent that made your son wake up one morning and say, I'm going to go steal my dad two Super Bowl rings? He has been charged with theft of property greater than $300,000. He's now awaiting trial in Galveston County. And the person who he sold it to, the, the ring, said he paid only $62,000 for the ring, for the Super Bowl rings. He only paid $62,000 for the 
Super Bowl rings. And Vince Wilfrick's son was a linebacker in high school and walked on at the football program at Texas, but he, I mean at Houston, but he was kicked off the team his freshman year after he was arrested in Friendswood on felony drug charges. So while your dad is out here winning Super Bowl rings and becoming one of the most technical sound defensive nose tackles ever the, to play the game, you have felony drug charges and you stole from them. This Sunday for Vince Wilford ain't going to be good. Wow. <laughs> you did not have to break it around like that. It's not, at least not from his, not, <laughs> not from his son. I mean, I got my stuff back, but I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I never really, I, he probably never really wants to see him again or for a very long time. But like a week out of Father's Day, this is the news I get. It was my son who stole it from me. After all the years I accepted your the, the same shirt and tie that you gave me for Father's Day, this is what you do to me? Yeah, I, I ain't rocking with you no more, man. Get out of my house. Well, he ain't coming back. I bet, I bet you that. He will get those charges. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman, just joking around here. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook as well. Follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.